Welcome to episode two of the What's Your Ecom Stack podcast. I'm your host, Tim Peckover from Smile.io. And for this episode, we've got Brady Lose joining us from Origins Apparel. Origins is a fairly new e-commerce store that launched last year that's really picking up speed, especially through social media. And I'm really excited to talk to Brady and find out what apps he's using in his stack to really drive that growth. Thanks for joining us, Brady. Thanks for having me on. Um, so I, for all of our, my guests, I'd like to start and just kind of dive into a little bit about you and uh, your business and just kind of get some backstory. So could you share a little bit about um, how Origin got started? Yeah, definitely. So I founded Origins Apparel, I would say back in about October, November of 2019. And I've always wanted to run my own e-commerce brand. I've tried a few times in the past on Shopify storage, just basic like drop shipping, jewelry, stuff like that. Never really got much traction. But I wanted this right. time to be a bit like different around it. So I decided to draw some more like inspirational value from like brands such as Ivory Ella, Tentry, ones that are actually giving back and making a difference. Yeah. And I realized like that was going to be the biggest thing, right? Like I, in the past, I tried to like introduce a product and then find the market, but I had to kind of reverse that this time be like, okay, what's the market that I can fill and what's the cause that I can get behind? And that cause was helping endangered animals. So my entire brand's dedicated to just adopting them. I donate 40% of all my profits to the World Wildlife Fund so I can symbolically wow. adopt those animals. So that's like my biggest focus right now. Cool. And, and looking at your site, I've I've known about it for a while. There's a few different, you have different product lines depending on uh, what kind of animal you're you're looking to benefit, right? Yeah, exactly. So I just did a bunch of research into which animals really need our help the most. And that ranged, uh, there was a bunch of different animals that are very endangered some that I could directly contribute to, such as like polar bears, pandas, like anything in that kind of realm. So yeah, it was hard to pick a few, but I'm going to be introducing different product lines for different animals in the future. Cool. Awesome. Um, thanks for that. It's it's cool to, to hear the backstory and see you know what inspired a brand to get started. And it's it's always awesome when there's something meaningful behind it, when it's not just like I started a brand to start a brand, but like when there's that... Um, you know, extra social impact part of brands. It always kind of makes it a little special or two just hear about and then even just to support as customers. Yeah, exactly. The way I see it is it does two things for me. One, I can actually make a difference by running the business. And two, yeah. from a marketing perspective, it really is a differentiator and allows me to like seize a part of market share, especially in the apparel space, which is so competitive. Yeah. So it's it's really nice to have that kind of double-edged sword there. Awesome. Um, so I guess we'll dive right into um, your stack um, and you, you're you on Shopify, right? Yeah, that's correct. Cool. Um, so um, as far as the apps that you use, there's a few different ones, obviously. What would you say are your, your top three? If you you know could only pick three of the apps in your stack, what would be your top three? So yeah, I definitely use a lot of apps right now. The biggest thing for me is probably leaning on that automation sense because I am really a one-man show right now. Right. So looking from a, I guess, supply chain perspective, an app called Printful. So I source all my sustainable apparel from there. I choose only the zero waste type automation features I can. Cool. And yeah, all, all the materials come from there. It's really just an order comes in and they're able to print that shirt and fulfill it on the spot. So super easy for me to kind of streamline the entire process instead of having to hold inventory, accrue that overhead cost and go from there. Yeah. But yeah, I guess on the second app front, it would just be Clavio itself. So the automation, as I said, super important. So triggering Clavio flows, being able to just build those up beforehand and rely on email marketing as a revenue kind of perspective is super important. But yeah, that's 
pretty much like why I rely on Clavio. I do do some campaigns, but it's mainly on that flow front where I can just rely on it to constantly send out marketing for me. And have, have you built a lot of custom workflows or are you using kind of more of the out of the box ones? I've built a few custom ones around apps, such as like my affiliate program, rewards program, stuff like that. But okay. most of the time it is out of the box. So I'm like really leaning on like the win back flows, the post purchase flows, newsletter and account creation flows. So those are my main marketing channels because I found in the past, I've tried to push for the transaction too early. So I have to do a lot more of brand awareness and pushing my brand cause out before I ask for that sale. So right. that was a big learning curve for me. And it's been pretty successful at least getting a much higher open rate when I push my brand cause instead of just products. Right. It's that awareness and education before you try to actually make the conversion. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just me being like, hey, this is what we do. This is why we do it. And this is why you should care about it. And even informing the customer that it's a big issue, but they can make a difference themselves as well. Right. Yeah. And it's that that realization that like, hey, I can just, all I need to do is make a purchase and I'm having an impact that can kind of drive that conversion so that you don't even have to say, hey, you should purchase this right now. They kind of come to that realization on their own. Yeah, exactly. So it's like two, three emails down the line when I ask for the sale or just show them the product, yeah. which I try to keep like pretty minimalistic and pretty much fit any type of fashion sense. Like it's almost a no brainer for them. So that's my biggest kind of strive right now. Cool. Um, what would be your third pick then? I would have to say, again, on the automation front, an app called Give and Grow. It's by a company called Pledgeling. So this oh, cool. allows me to auto automate my entire donation feature. So instead of having to like print out monthly revenue reports and profit and everything like that, I can just choose what percentage I want of my profit donated immediately upon purchase. It keeps track of that. And then on a monthly basis, donates it directly to the World Wildlife Fund for me. Oh, that's so cool. And it, that's you said that's all automated. That's that make that takes so much uh, manual effort off of your end to have to try to, like you said, print off those reports and figure out, okay, how much am I actually donating this month? Oh yeah, it would be absolutely, it would be a huge pain if I was to every single month, like look at it, be like, okay, like to the decimal point, this is what I have to donate, then go to their site and find a direct donation and have to worry about that entire workflow. So it removes all that kind of necessity from it. Cool. So the next question then is um, of you know, obviously in the Shopify, there's a huge marketplace of apps. I'm always looking to see what new ones I can find. Um, so what would be your favorite new app discovery? My favorite new app discovery, I wouldn't say they're necessarily new apps itself, but my biggest issue has always... Or new, newly discovered to you. Then. Yeah, so I would probably say an app called Hotjar. So just allow me to understand what my customers are doing on site. It allows for like heat mapping and just funnel tracking to see what my customers are doing. In the past, I've had a lot of issues around the conversion rate itself. So thinking, okay, what are they doing on my site? Where should CTAs be? And understanding that consumer behavior so I can actually direct them into like a more plausible workflow. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've seen I've seen their their heat maps before and it, it really takes some of the guesswork out of how to increase your conversion optimization. Absolutely. Yeah, it's almost baffling because they track like both like what a customer is doing from a click and scroll perspective to the heat map, as you said, where I can be like, okay, like 100% of my customers reach to the 50% like length of the page, mm -hmm. only like 30% get all the way to the bottom. Therefore, clearly I have to put like CTAs way higher up in the email because most of my customers wouldn't even make it to the bottom of the page. Right. Okay. And yeah, that one, it's, it's definitely not a, a new app, but it's, that's one of the great things about Shopify and all of the different platforms that have those kind of app marketplaces like Wix and, and big commerces, you can find these apps that 
you've never heard of before, but once you hear about them, it's like, oh, that that's a no brainer. Obviously I need that. That's going to be a huge help to my store. Exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot, big strong point of it too, is that a lot of them just talk to, to, to each other. So it's so much easier for me to be like, okay, I can commit to this app because it'll work well with Clavio or it'll work well with my review platform or Kendo or something like that too. Yeah. And that's one of the benefits too, is that you can have these different apps that aren't necessarily related at all, but can talk to each other and make that connection to make everything work that much easier, especially for automations. You kind of have to have that so you can have those data points ported from one app to the other to actually turn those automations into something useful. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so moving on to the next question, do you have any low cost apps that you use for something? Um, I call it app hackery, but that's maybe not the best word for it, but is it something that you do with kind of a low cost or a free app um, to kind of level up what it's actually intended to be used for? Yeah. So in terms of app hackery, if I want to lean on that a little bit, I would say the app Shogun for like page building. So they're quite generous in their offering in the sense that once you build out, because it's a page builder or template builder by default. Right. So I'm able to use it with a bunch of other apps to make like explainer pages, stuff like that. And it really only costed the base plan 49 US a month. So it's really not that bad. Yeah. And they embed that HTML right onto your site. So even if I was to stop paying, completely uninstall the app, anything like that, I still get to keep those built pages. So it's, it's quite a easy decision for me to be like, okay, I need to build out like five to 10 pages this month. So I'm, easy, I'm just going to pay the $50 and I'm just going to uninstall it after that. And it's going to be great because I'll have all those pages still active on my site and driving me revenue from that perspective. Right. So it's almost, you can think of it less as a recurring monthly fee as a, this month I'm going to pay for Shogun to build out these pages and then figure out what I do with it afterwards. Yeah, exactly. It's so much easier for me because I know I, okay, I'll set aside three hours today. I'll build all those out easily worth the $50, right? If I have to think about, okay, if I'm going to hire a developer to build these pages for me, how much more money am I going to be paying for it? And while those pages might be a bit more custom and on brand, Shogun still does a great job of allowing me to edit the templates. Awesome. And what are you using their templates for? Do you use it for all of your product pages or is it specific ones that, that you use Shogun for? So I don't do it for all my product pages okay. just because they do have like a certain number of like page, they have a page limit based on their costing. So I use it for mainly like the mission page, the how it's made page about my product, shipping, my rewards information. So really just explaining to the customer more about the brand and how it works. Okay. So more, more of those custom pages rather than ones that are going to look um, fairly similar, like products or collections. Exactly. Yeah. The way I see it is you could always do a lot of optimization to product pages. And that's something that's probably going to come in the future for me just to make conversions a little bit higher. But yeah, the one-offs are what I'm really focused on right now. And where can I drive traffic that's going to teach the customer more about my brand? Well, cool. Awesome. Um, so are there any challenges that you're working on right now? You said that some of your conversion stuff has been an issue in the past, but are there any challenges you're working on that you're, um, either looking to use one of the apps in your stack to fulfill, or is there an, a new app that you're trying to find to add to your stack to, to fix those issues? Yeah. So there's two big issues right now. I would okay. say I am still a rather new brand, right? So yeah. with the COVID-19 crisis, everything in the apparel space, things haven't been too hot, to be honest with you. Right. But so conversions are a little bit difficult. I can drive an insane amount of traffic because one, I, I was mentioning earlier in the call that I started with more of a community or driving a message rather than the product. Yeah. And that's actually been facilitated fully through the um, 
social media platform TikTok, believe it or not. Right. Yeah. So I was able to build up. I started it in like mid-November-ish, and I was able to build up a following of three hundred thousand within the first month and a half, which was insane. Wow. And now I'm, now yeah. I'm sitting at a. I'm sitting at about like six hundred seventy thousand. So I really just use that as validation behind the business model. So that's where yeah. a lot of my organic traffic kind of comes from. That app is, or that social media platform is insane, to be honest. Yeah. What what kind of content are you putting on a TikTok? It's really just like mission focused. So anything about endangered animals, okay. animals that are in critical need or ones that have been saved in the past year and removed from that status or things they can do to just make their lives more sustainable. So take some more blanket approach, I would say, to sustainable lifestyle, but really hones in on those endangered animal factors. To return to your like original question though, the conversions from it isn't very high. So even when I pay or use paid acquisition, I'm still struggling with a bit of that conversion rate from even newsletter signups. So I want to really lean on Shogun and Hotjar to be able to optimize my pages and see what customers are doing in a more, I guess, easy sense. So I can be like, okay, I need to change up this page to make it easier, get some more click through, or what are my customers doing from this exact moment on? But I think that's all really going to start from the newsletter aspect. So I, I might be trialing out an app, like an app called Privy to see if it helps with my newsletter, I guess, conversion rate. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's what I'm really focused on right now is just getting the information to the customers so I can nurture them over email marketing. Privy is one of those apps that does a whole bunch of different things. Um, it, it's all in the same realm, but yeah, it's like newsletters, you can do pop-ups, you can do a bunch of different things with Privy. So it's a good one to get started with and see what, what areas you can use uh, Privy for to, to increase all of your conversions. Absolutely. Yeah. It seems like they're expanding a lot. I saw a post the other day saying like just highlighting all of their different kind of options and features. And I was quite surprised that they could do a lot of things I'm doing in like separate apps all in one. So right. going to be evaluating that over the next month or so. Yeah. To see it, what the difference is between an app that's doing a bunch of different things um, all at once versus using those uh, individual apps to kind of try to do something specific really well. Definitely. Yeah. Cause like the way I see it is, can they, or the question I constantly ask myself is, are they doing everything as effectively as the individual solutions or are they just making a more simple implementation approach? Right. So a mix, a mixture of the two would be ideal. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that was the first challenge you said you were facing. What was the second one? So yeah, it would, uh, it would just be the newsletter conversions and then also the on-site conversions to purchase. So even, okay. even just Those getting together. Yeah. Yeah. More add to cart stuff like that, more indications of purchases or purchase intent. So, I need to lean a lot more on that. It's something that as a new e-commerce store owner, I'm still yet to figure out. And I feel like it's one of the last pieces of that beginning puzzle before getting into the more complex region of e-commerce and actually implementing more scalable models. Right. Yeah. It's like, I guess it's the growing pains of launching your own store. Yeah, absolutely. Are you, are you doing any sort of cart abandonment reclamation? Yeah. So right now I... I've been trialing ads based off of like my Facebook pixel connected to my store for people who add to cart, but I've also have like in Klaviyo flow set up for abandoned cart emails. So playing around with that to see which, which workflow works the best. I have pretty good click through rates on them. And I think about probably a 20, 25% return rate from that email flow. So it's pretty critical, but yeah, yeah. I think the biggest issue for me right now is just getting that ad to cart. Cause I get a lot of like interest, people clicking around the store, staying on it for like five to 10 minutes. But then no actual push through or purchase intent that I've done. Gotcha. Yeah. And so hopefully by combining um, those workflows with the information that you're able to gather from Hotjar, you can kind of put that puzzle together to help push them towards actually clicking through and adding to cart. 
Definitely, yeah. And I think the biggest, like, I guess, complexity of it is that every brand's so different, right? Yeah. What works for a different apparel brand is not going to work for my brand just based solely off the cause of it. So, yeah, just finding your own plugin that works for you and methodology that is going to actually make people convert is probably the hardest part. Yeah, absolutely. So that kind of concludes the the app stack part of my questions. I do like to ask some more personal ones. Uh, a lot of us are still staying mostly indoors due to the, the COVID crisis. And so I want to find out kind of what 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 are you streaming um, as far as podcasts, shows, TV? And then a, a second part of that is also what, what books are you reading uh, if you're a reader? So in terms of podcasts, so I, I've always liked the Joe Rogan podcast. I find it okay. <laughs> both, it both like challenges my perspective in a lot of things because he talks to so many different people. Like if it's yeah. a physicist or if it's an entrepreneur, I find it really inspiring, especially the entrepreneur segments where I can see, okay, like what is Elon Musk? How did he start? Like what's his actual perspective and his personality? So I find that pretty motivating to realize that these like uber successful people are just that, they're people. And yeah. they can have a conversation just like anybody else. So it, it's almost a relatability factor that I enjoy more than anything else. And yeah, just those different viewpoints that allow me to change my perspective or broaden my viewpoint and such like that. Yeah, it is kind of crazy how he has so many different uh, types of people to interview. Definitely. Yeah, I've never really been big on the like entrepreneur focused podcast. I just enjoy those more broadband ones because most of the time when I'm like working or something like that, I use it as either background noise right. or just something to like listen to when I'm doing cardio or something basic like that. Yeah. <laughs> So past podcast, what uh, what do you show? What shows or, or movies are you watching lately? Uh, I haven't watched too much movies. I would say like the basics I would watch is just some Dragon's Den, some basic entrepreneurial ones where I can be like, okay, what, what are people introducing <laughs> into the market these days? And yeah. look at the complexity of them. And what I try to do is a little game with myself that I've done since the beginning of university. I just play like, okay, like would I personally invest in this type of venture or I would try to like dig holes in it or find loopholes, that kind of thing. Cause that just empowers me to do that with my own business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whether it's Dragon's Den here in Canada or Shark Tank in the States, it's there. There's one of those shows where you, you can see where they're coming from. And like when there's a bad pitch, you just know <laughs> before, before they even finish, you're like, this is not going to go well. Exactly. Yeah. Or just looking at the product and you're like, okay, clearly they built that product without evaluating the market or the product doesn't even fit the market, et cetera. So yeah. just looking at it objectively, because I, especially I, I found in the past when I'm trying to run my own ventures, I get really caught up in the granular details of it and be like, okay, like, no, my product's the best. Like, this is why I think that, but this that, that show and other podcasts allow me to just like draw a more objective viewpoint where I'm like, okay, like this is probably what's wrong with it. And I just can't see it because I'm too invested in it. Yeah, just to look at it from a, a try to look at it from an outsider's point of view and say, you know, would I invest in this? Would I purchase this product if I was the customer? Exactly. Yeah. Cool. And the final question then is, what are you reading? So the one of my favorite books that I've read lately around entrepreneurship would call, be called The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. Okay. So this is where I really learned the entire model of like, okay, I can do one, I can do it all myself and really automate a lot of stuff and scale the business to the point of sustainability before hiring outside help, et cetera. But also where I learned, like one of the biggest points that he pushes on is finding that market or finding that problem before introducing a product to solve it, which was my biggest issue back in the day, right. whether I was doing like my own e-commerce stores or Amazon FBA selling, something like that. I was always just like, okay, this is a cool product. Let's try to find a market for it. And right. I, try, I tried to kind of flip that on its head after reading the book. And I was just like, okay, now that I found a market, which is like pretty much my whole TikTok audience of like 670K 
these people clearly care about the issues around sustainability. What can I introduce to them to keep them intrigued and keep them benefiting the cause? Awesome. That one, uh, I will make sure I read that one because I haven't picked that one up myself. So yeah, all the apps that you mentioned, as well as these shows and, and books, I'll, I'll make sure I link to them in the show notes so anyone listening can can check them out. Um, that was the last question I have for you, Brady. So thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Um, it's great to hear about origins and its origin story and hear about all the different things that you have in your stack to keep making it successful. It's it's crazy that you only started this uh, less than a year ago and you're already, you've done so much and like that crazy TikTok audience is, it just, it's mind blowing to me. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's pretty exciting, pretty volatile. It's one of those things that you have no idea what's going to happen with it. And yeah. all I can really do is like buckle in and enjoy the ride, I guess. Awesome. Well, thanks so much and uh, have a good one. Thank you. That's a wrap on episode two of the What's Your Ecom Stack podcast. Thanks again to Brady for joining us and telling us all about his stack um, and all the apps that he's using to really supercharge the growth over there at Orange's Apparel. I'll link to all the apps he mentioned in the show notes. Be sure to check them out and see if you can make them work for your own store. Give us a like and subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating. Thanks again. I'm your host, Tim Peckover from Smile.io, and we'll see you next time.